This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. Hi, my name is Dr. Lou Diaz, pastor of Butte Bible Fellowship located at 2255 Pillsbury Road in Chico. And I'm providing inspirational teaching for you from God's Word each week. Listen to my weekly radio program, Encouraging Words with Dr. Lou Diaz, at 10 a.m. on Saturday or 10 a.m. on Sunday. If you would like to hear my current message series, you may call Butte Bible Fellowship at 530-892-0521. When we look at Joshua chapter 14, I decided to give you the Caleb story. If a biography was written about Caleb, it could be entitled, Give Me That Mountain. And we're going to be looking at this in Joshua chapter 14. So, to apply it to your life and mine, I want you to uh, bless me by cooperating in thinking about a mountain that you need to take. Is there some territory? Is there some blessing? Is there some inheritance? Is there some promise God has given you that you need to step up and Step out and step into it. Say, Lord, give me that mountain. See, what happens is, as we get older, it seems we get more settled. We get more satisfied. We get more into the status quo. And God has more for us. And he wants us to take it by faith. So how can you take your mountain. It's an equation. Caleb had a wholehearted conviction, and you add that to God's great faithfulness to him, and Caleb and God cooperating with each other, God, Caleb relying upon the Lord, and it equals an inheritance and a legacy. Let's see how this is played out in Joshua chapter 14. First of all, a wholehearted conviction. Joshua 14, 6 to 8. Now the people of Judah approached Joshua at Gilgal, and Caleb, son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, said to him, You know what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God at Kadesh Barnea, about you and me. So you remember that Moses sent out 12 spies into the land of Canaan. And they were there for 40 days. And when they came back, as we read in Numbers, we hear Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, we should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. But the men who had gone up with him said, We can't attack those people. They're stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. They said, The land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw there are of great size. We saw the Nephilim there. We seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and we looked the same 
to them. Now, this is very in in interesting because you have Joshua and Caleb who were the only two spies to say, let's go into the land. L let's take possession of the promised land, the land God has promised to, to us. Let's go and get what God has already given us. Too many of us as Christians live under our birthright. We live like uh, turkey vultures rather, or prairie chickens rather than like eagles. God has promised us so much more that we can enjoy and claim and live out. Christ, Christ, Christ came that we might live and live abundantly. John 10.10 10. And so we have, have here... The minority voice, Joshua and Caleb, versus the, ma the majority voice, which are the other ten spies. And you know what? This is so much like our society today, isn't it? Our society today would rather go with what polls say, what the majority says. But the truth can often stand against what everyone else is saying. And the person who stands on that truth can get a lot of flack. They wanted to stone Caleb for saying this. And God protected Caleb and Joshua from being killed. I read in the Application Bible that we are more like the people of Israel getting our cowardice secondhand. Our search for right and wrong usually starts with a question such as, what do the experts say? Or what do my friends say? And the question we most often avoid is, what does God say? We want the truth and nothing but the truth. And that's how Caleb led by conviction. Notice it says here, um, I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to explore the land. And I brought him back a report according to what? According to my convictions. He stood on the truth. He believed what God said God would do. And he was ready against all odds to see victory over giants in the land because God is bigger than the boogeyman. If you've ever grown up or seen Veggie Tales, you know what I'm talking about. Whatever fear you have, God is greater than that fear. And he says, don't hide, don't run, don't quit. Trust me, believe in me. Claim my promise. Move forward. Conquer in my name. I will be with you and I will give you victory. Paul writes in the book of Romans chapter 8, if God be for us, who can be against us? And the answer is no one and nothing. When God is in your corner, you're a majority. And he wants you to trust him. And at this point, we can have a contrast that what Caleb is about to do is what Israel failed to do initially. 
Israel was supposed to go into the promised land. They disobeyed God. They believed the majority report. They were full of fear. And what happened? They wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. Why 40 years? For the 40 days the spies were in the land. They wandered for 40 years and they died in the wilderness. And it was the next generation that was allowed to come into Canaan. And the only two people who were allowed to come into the promised land were the two spies who gave the positive report, Joshua, who is now the leader at this time, and Caleb. So this is a wonderful thing that we are to stand on the promises of God. We are to believe God. God said it, I believe it, that settles it. And when you stand on the truth, you are standing on solid ground. Everyone else is on shaky ground, on sinking sand, and you're standing on the truth. Lead by conviction. Be a principle-centered leader. Be a person who follows God no matter what. Though none go with me, still I will follow. You know that song? I have decided to follow Jesus. Though none go with me, still I will follow. Hang on to the truth for dear life. Follow God faithfully and wholeheartedly. Now the next one is God's great faithfulness. We read uh, that Joshua says in verses 10 to 12, Now then, just as the Lord promised, he has kept me alive for 45 years since the time he said this to Moses, while Israel moved about in the wilderness. So here I am today, 85 years old. Now when you were younger, you probably thought, Wow, he lived to a ripe old age and he was still a spring chicken. Now you're there. Many of you say, 85, I, I wish I could go back to 85. And so he's rejoicing, but don't miss the point. The point is not on the vitality he has at his old age. The point is the faithfulness of God. Now then, just as the Lord promised. That's the point. We could say, wait a second. I'm, an, I'm not in good health. I'm not as strong today as I was when I was young. So does that mean God's unfaithful to me? No. God is faithful to you. And no matter what your health situation is, he's given you enough strength and he's preserved your life to accomplish the assignments, the divine assignments he has for you. In the case of Caleb, he was going to need all the vigor and the strength he needed to be able to fight these giants. And so he says in verse 11, I am still as strong today as the day Moses sent me out. I'm just as vigorous to go out to battle now as I was then. You know, we have a Caleb in our congregation here at Butte Bible Fellowship, and his name is Del Reimer. Del is 92 years young, and he still can fit in his army uniform. And he's got incredible vim and vigor. 
<coughs> he has lots of strength. And that's because God has assignments for him with the energy level he has. But his precious wife, Karina, is struggling. She's feeling weak and discouraged. But God's still working through her, given her health conditions. God is sustaining us. He's keeping us alive in order to fulfill the purposes he has for us. Are you using your skills and your talents and your wisdom and uh, what little energy reserves you have to serve him, to be a witness to him, to pray for loved ones and others? I just heard the story from Bob Roach that before his brother died, he went and visited him and he implored his brother. He said, Wayman, your whole family believes in the Lord. Many of us believe in the Lord. You've got to trust in Jesus Christ before you die. And previously, Wayman's attitude was, well, I'll find out when I die if there's anything afterwards. And, G and Bob boldly said, it'll be too late. There's heaven and hell, and your chance is right now. Your opportunity to trust in Jesus is right now. And so Bob was told that when his brother died, among his last words were Jesus. So we're hoping and praying that he called out to the Lord for salvation. People in this prayer meeting have been praying for years upon years for Wayman Roach. And what a glorious thing it would be to get to heaven and realize the grace of God and the prayers of God's people and the salvation Jesus provides on the cross made it possible for Wayman to be there and his brother was making an appeal directly from God's heart and Wayman cried out, Jesus. It's never too late to be used by God. You say, oh, I've retired from ministry. There's no such thing. I retired from ministry, and guess what? You hired me. So instead of being retired, I'm refired. I'm fired up, thanks to you. And it's a privilege to serve you here. But it's God's faithfulness. When he makes a promise, he keeps it. Whatever he calls us to, he equips us to do it. God is faithful. And we need to rely upon the Lord. Joshua 14, 10 to 12. Now give me this hill country, or in some translations, give me this, that mountain that the Lord promised me that day. Again, the emphasis is on the faithfulness of God and his trustworthiness to his word. He made a promise, and he's a promise keeper. Now give me this hill country that the Lord promised me that day. You yourself heard then that the Anakites were there, and their cities were large and fortified. But the Lord helping me, I will drive them out 
just as he said. Do you see how Caleb is fulfilling what Israel should have done? He's relying on the Lord. He's believing that God made a promise to give him the land. And by faith, he's stepping out. He's stepping up. And he's stepping over. You can be encouraged that God is on your side. That God will help you. That God will give you victory. That he has promised that you are more than a conqueror through Christ who loved you and gave himself for you. Who are the Anakites? The Anakites are giants in the land. Later, David will fight a, an Anakite named Goliath. And he will have in his bag five stones. Do you know why? Because Goliath had four brothers. Is that not confidence? He had one stone for each of the big giants. God fighting with me, helping me, each stone is going to find its mark, and I'll do to the four brothers what I did to Goliath if they come to his defense. So we find here that God is able to help us and to give us the victory. Now, I wrote something that I think you'll be blessed by. And someone asked me, which book do you use in your library the most? And I think they were surprised. The book I use in my library the most, which is now online, is the Thesaurus. Because somehow I'm trying to communicate with you with all the glorious colors of the English language. So I'm going to read what I prepared here about Caleb saying, give me that mountain. Caleb demanded and insisted upon his claim. His quest in life was not complete until he received what was promised to him by the Lord. He could have settled for less. He could have given up. He could have relinquished his inheritance. He could have surrendered to the enemy in abject defeat. But Caleb wanted to fulfill all that the Lord destined for him to accomplish and attain. Caleb wanted to carry out God's will for his life by following through with his divine assignment to take Hebron in Judah. Paul was able to say at the end of his life, in 2 Timothy 4, 7, and 8, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award on, uh, to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. This was what Caleb was in essence aiming for, to complete all, to finish well, to leave an inheritance and a legacy for his family. Now, this took great courage. There are giants in the land, and these giants live in huge, massively fortified cities. Caleb's bravery was based upon his faith in the Lord. It wasn't that Caleb had great faith. It was that Caleb had, Caleb had great faith, uh, had faith in a great God. If God be for you, who or what can be against you? No one and nothing can stand against those whose faith is in the Lord and who trust him to fulfill his promises to them. 
It took daring guts and gumption to speak up and ask Joshua for the hill country occupied by these enemies that the ten spies thought were going to stomp on the Israelites as if they were mere grasshoppers. Caleb's grit and tenacity, his spunk and intestinal fortitude, made him determined to conquer and to claim what God had already given to him to receive as his inheritance. Caleb could have been a chicken full of cowardice, timidity, and fearful dread. But instead, Caleb had the chutzpah and the audacity, the temerity, and the confidence based upon God's promise and assurance to step up, to step out, and to step over into his claim. Because Caleb took his faith initiative, he honored the Lord by trusting in God's promise as true. He broke through the giant's defense fortifications and conquered them, and he established his family in Hebron of Judah. You too are to step up, step out, and step into your destiny. Don't sit back. Don't give up. God has not given you a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power and love and a sound mind. And the story ends so beautifully because we told you this is an equation. Caleb had wholehearted conviction. He stood on the truth. God fulfilled his promise by preserving his life for 45 years. He's 85 years old. This 85-year-old trusted God to conquer the hill country, the mountain where the giants in their fortified cities lived. And he got the land. He did defeat them. And now he has an inheritance and a legacy. And here's where it gets really good. An inheritance and a legacy, verses 13 to 15. Then Joshua blessed Caleb, son of Jephunneh, and gave him Hebron as his inheritance. So Hebron has belonged to Caleb, son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, ever since, because he followed the Lord, the God of Israel, wholeheartedly. Hebron used to be called Kiriath Arba, after Arba, who was the greatest man among the Anakites. Then the land had rest from war. Are you ready for the punchline? Because Caleb claimed the land God had promised him, he had control of Hebron. Pastor Roger said last week that when he had victory, when David had victory over the Amalekites, he sent some of the spoils over to Hebron. And who was King David king over his first year's king, Hebron. And then the 11 other tribes of Israel took him on. What am I saying? Because Caleb took Hebron in Judah, King David was able to become king of Israel, starting at Hebron. And it's to David, King David, that God made the promise, I'm going to raise up a descendant from your line, from your lineage, who will sit on the throne forever. And you and I know who that is. Jesus Christ, 
who first came as the Lamb of God and who's coming again as the Lion of Judah. Wait a second. I think I'm putting this thing together. Had Caleb chickened out and not taken the land of Hebron in Judah, we would not have the basis and the place for David to become king and for from him the Messiah to come and be ruler of all. What an inheritance. What a legacy. It's bigger than all of us combined. Praise the Lord. You think to yourself, oh, when I do something, it doesn't matter. What can one person do? I'll tell you, God will bless you. God will use you. Step out in faith. Do some audacious things. And God will give you an inheritance, a legacy that will outlast you and will be part of his kingdom agenda in ways you cannot imagine. This is absolutely awesome. Your wholehearted conviction to hang on to the truth and stand on the truth with God's great faithfulness and your reliance upon the Lord to step up and step out and step over will result in an inheritance and a legacy. God wants all of us to be a Caleb, not a chicken. God wants us to be a Caleb and say, give me that mountain. With the Lord's help, I will prevail. I will have victory. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the example of Caleb. We've seen his story and we marvel at his faith how he did not waver, but he kept his eyes upon you, that he believed your promise and hung on to your promise and fulfilled your promise. And thanks to that, we have King David and we have the Messiah from the line of David, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. So we thank you. One life used by you. May we be Caleb's who stand on conviction, who rely on your faithfulness and give you praise for your faithfulness and who rely on your strength and help to get victory so that those who follow after us may find us faithful. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Do you need encouragement? I want to share my spiritual gift of encouragement with you. If you would like to hear my current message series, you may call Butte Bible Fellowship at 530-892-0521. Call Butte Bible Fellowship at 530-892-0521 to find out how you can connect with our weekly worship services and faith-building messages from God's Word.